Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome to the Truth About Real Estate podcast. Today I have Bill Gross, who is an experienced broker associate and an LA probate expert, as well as a coach in the Los Angeles area. Excited to have you on the show, Bill. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Cool. So I want to dive in. You know, earlier we're talking, you've been in real estate for over 30 years, and I couldn't imagine, you know, a lot has changed since then. And yeah. I want to really find out from you about that real estate experience, how you got into it, and how you started delving into probates, and why does that even matter? Well, I got in real estate. I um, graduated college. I got into electronics, computers, and, and technology. Nice. And after about 10 years of that, and I was, you know, um, trying to find my own company, actually, at the time. And I went to lunch with my brother, who's in real estate. And on the, at the end of the lunch, you know, we're driving back. And he said, hey, just act like you're my partner. And we went into a customer's office. We chatted a bit. We walked out. And I started asking him questions. It seemed really interesting. And so about a week later, again, we went to lunch. We were, we were pretty close. And on the way back from lunch, again, he goes, you know, play like you're my partner again. And I realized what he was doing was, was kind of selling me on real estate because it was just interesting working with people and being so important in their lives. And, of course, um, you know, uh, you're talking about people's wealth and income. And so uh, the, I was talking to this investor who just kept hemming and hawing and funding the company, the, the, the investment we talked about. And I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to go sell real estate. And I started real estate in 1986. And I've been in it ever since. Um, I've been in mortgages and real estate along the way. I've been in sales management and ownership along the way. Um, three years ago, after kind of, I thought moving up the ladder into management and being an executive with two really top companies was progress. I realized is the opposite. It was just, it was just heavier chains on me than a regular job. And I, at the end of uh, that experience, just decided to get out of management and go back to selling. I know I can make a lot more money as a, as an agent producing, and that's exactly what I did. Nice. That's you know quite a bit of a journey, and you know that's kind of cool that you got help in a sense that you know someone showed you the way into real estate, and you kind of took it in, and then you saw the light. And I'm glad that you know 30 years ago they showed they talked about real estate and showed you like, hey, there's a different option. We don't all have to stay corporate. We don't we don't all need to be in tech. Real estate right. could be a great opportunity if you're willing to learn it and really you know cultivate that learning experience. Because I think even in the last 30 years, you learn quite a bit, and every day you know is consistently changing. I think that's one of the key skills for success in real estate is your ability to learn quickly. You have to be open, coachable, and just constantly technology changes and systems change and business change. And you have to be open to that and adapting to it. Isn't that's kind of hard for some people too? Because I even when I talk to a lot of agents, some agents who get into the industry, they don't they're not always easily adaptable to change, even right. though, especially in the last 30 years. Like a lot of tech has changed, a lot of the marketing, the sales, the online, the social media, the video. Right. Right. And to adapt to all that is it's a lot, right? To handle. You have to you have to really embrace that. I think like for example, I'll give you a small example. Um, in my area, it used to be Skyslope, which is a popular transaction software. You could generate forms within Skyslope to manage your transactions. And for some reason, Skyslope and the California Association of Realtors had a breakaway. And so you had to use zip forms to create the forms and then bring them into Skyslope. And it was, yeah. it was an extra step. But more important for me, the customer experience of e-signing in zip forms is not as good as a customer experience of signing electronically in Skyslope. And even though I don't do it, I have a TC does most of it. When I want to get a contract signed, I want it signed quickly. I want my customer happy. Yeah. And so uh, recently, Skyslope added back in the ability to import forms and e-sign there. And I was willing to change over my business to using Skyslope as my transactions as well as my forms process. And a lot of realtors I talk to are stuck. Oh, I love zip forms. <laughs> well, it's not about what you love, really. It's about what your customer loves and what's going to get the best results for your business. So I think you'd be open to adapting to new systems, technology and such, and being able to jump on it right away. And that's the tough part too, for some people, you know, who are not as tech savvy, and I understand change is a, a big disruption. And the part of the change is like, you know, it takes some time to get used to it, something different, you have to show yourself your TC and you can learn from it. But the point of better customer service, I'm right. sure Amazon changes every day. I'm sure they're, right. you know, improving their policies every single microsecond and trying to make everything perfect, right? And that's, that's part of the business. And it's hard because I get it. Why change I, I, if it's working? 
I don't like when people say they're not tech savvy. I just think that's a cop out. Tech, not saying you're not tech savvy, <laughs> yeah. it's just saying you're lazy because yeah. none of these things are rocket science. I'm not saying you have to program in Ruby on Rails or something. I'm just saying there's an application with basic user interface. You got to spend some time and practice it and learn it. Do some practice contracts or do some practice presentations so you're able to meet with the customer effectively. But there's just no excuse not to embrace it today. Those days, I remember for years, Mike Berry would make fun of social media, made fun of technology, made fun of all that. Meanwhile, his company only exists today with social media and technology and such. So it's important, I think, as, as professionals to leverage tools to help us be more effective for our customers. And I, yeah, I completely agree. Like I came, I came from a tech background and for me, the change was, the change for me was that, you know, it, it was easy for me because I already dealt with a lot and I actually trained a lot of engineers in cybersecurity. But when I train agents, I'm like, yeah, really each application out there, each system is not that different. It's basically a website, a UI, whatever. Right, there's, right. there's going to be certain things that are pretty similar across the board and right. you're just learning the differences from a CRM to a transaction management, you know, file, save, whatever, you know, um, send it to eSign. There's, you know, little differences, but overall, once you learn systems in general, it gets pretty easy to, to adapt to any system. You can really quickly figure out the ins and outs of any system. I, I also would say that you'll never be a master at something <laughs> you're not willing to fail at in the beginning. Yeah. And so when people say, I don't know it, okay, so you don't know it. So do it a few times, you'll figure it out. And be willing to adapt on the fly, be willing to improve, but be willing to make mistakes and own them and improve things so that they don't happen again. And I think that's one thing uh, some agents, especially in the beginning of real estate, like, you know, it takes, uh, for example, it takes two years to get really started and get going. But if you were really open-minded, able and willing to learn and fail, you can learn really quickly and just take the, take the best parts, watch and be mentored. And you can really excel in real estate quickly if you do the work. But I know the challenge is the mindset of being, you know, the fearfulness, the failing, the learning curve, and learning all the different systems at the same time as learning all your contracts and the sales and the marketing. It's a lot. But you know, you've been here for 30 years. And you know, what major changes did you see throughout the last, you know, couple of decades? Well, I think technology has just transformed the business, internet technology. I think it 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 either empowers you or it competes with you, wipes you out. And you have to understand that at every turn, that's what's going on. Uh, you know, for me, it, it's been great. I mean, um, I, I'm 62 years old. I don't want to drive all over Southern California. I don't want mm -hmm. to spend a lot of time away from home. I have a wife. I have a, a married daughter with our first grandchild and, and my son-in-law. And I, I like, to, you know, like to swim for exercise. So I, I don't want to spend time in my car in traffic. And with technology now, with video streaming as a way to promote my business, as a way to meet customers as a way to deliver service to customers. It's an amazing opportunity. Uh, and agents who have let it pass them by have a lot of resentment, but it's not going to get better. The, the, the rate of change is only increasing. Um, and I, I know agents complain about Redfin agents and Zillow agents taking their business. For me as a listing agent, they, they're selling my listings. I couldn't be happier to have you know more competent agents to sell my clients' houses so they get paid sooner. So it's really about, I think, you're, you're 90% of real estate is your mindset. If that's wrong, nothing is going to work. If that's right, you'll find a way to overcome almost anything. I completely agree with you too. Like for me, I think there's an abundance of real estate sales out there and there's a lot of people you can help. And really even new agent or seasoned agent is really, you know, times are changing. Things are going quickly. There's a lot of listings. And if you're, you know, yeah. open, um, you know, and everyone's out there just to help each other and not look down upon each other, then yeah. there's a lot of room for growth. And really yeah. what happens is it's really the mindset. Like once you help people overcome all the fear, the objection handling, the mindset, you really have a lot of people to help. And if you take that fearfulness and say, hey, there's no, there's no inventory. Why don't you go find someone? Why don't you go make someone? Why don't you call? Right. Oh, go network. But like, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to do any of that. Well, then right. you, it's really hard to succeed in real estate without building a, a network. And I'm an introvert by trade, but you know, I take out and I try to push myself to be an extrovert, try to communicate yeah. more, try to do more social media. And I push myself and even my team, they see me doing all these listing videos every single time. And every time I try to improve it like 1% and it just gets better and better. But it takes, it takes a long time, but it was the mindset that slowed me down. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mindset that's accelerating you right now as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's the hardest part to teach is that to break those barriers is the hardest part for me to teach someone, you know? I don't, you know, I don't teach that. I think I would say, you know, in, there's a saying in football, you can't coach speed. Mm -hmm. Now you can 
teach technique and people can get a little faster. But generally speaking, either you're really fast or you're not. And I would say in, in real estate, you know, either you really want to be successful or you don't. You can't coach motivation. Yeah. And if somebody wants to learn and wants to grow, they'll figure a way out somehow. If they don't want to, there's nothing you can do to force the wet noodle through the hole. It just isn't going to work. That's exactly. That's funny too. I heard a, a, state, a statement from Elon Musk, and he, what he said is like someone asked in, in the audience asked, "Oh, how do you get how do you get motivated and you know become a, a startup entrepreneur?" And he said like, "If you're not motivated, you're in the wrong business, right?" Exactly. You got to be self motivated. Hundred percent. You got to be self motivated, and it's hard because like <laughs> for me, are you going to motivate me to go do, get my six pack? That's going to be a lot of work, right? You know, I have yeah. to do it myself. And then yeah. when, I, when I want it at whatever time period in my life I want it, then I'm going to go get it. But if I don't right. want it, it, it won't matter. Right. Right. It's all about motivation. I, I agree. You know, for years I was driven in my business when I was in management and I had goals and, and such. And, uh, you know, I, I was out of bed usually at five and five, three in the morning and exercising and start my work day early. And I'll never forget, when I left management and I knew I was going to go into sales. I didn't really have a plan. I wanted to take about, you know, a week or two off to kind of, you know, relax and think about what I wanted to do. And that first morning, I think it was about seven thirty. my wife looked over at me in bed. She said, are you going to get up? Because <laughs> she was motivated and right. she didn't see me acting with any action. And today, you know, people ask me all the time, well, how do you get motivated? Well, I, I have big goals I want to achieve. I got to go to bed and get started or I'm just not going to achieve them. Yeah, exactly. And I think one thing for me is that when you look back upon time, if you, if and it, it really works and I never thought it would work, right? Like if you actually had a vision board, a mission board, and you put goals and you put your dream on the wall and you actively mm -hmm. looked at it you're gonna get it because you look yeah. at it and you're like Shh, here i only have one life to live what am i gonna do with it every day counts am i gonna make it matter or am i just gonna sit there and watch tv all day and you know what are you doing right right you know i i um have never been a big vision board person but i've always had a clear vision of what i wanted and i have i usually set a five-year plan yep and i have a vision of what it looked like at the end of five years and for uh, about 10 years ago, actually eight years ago, I had a vision. Uh, my daughter at the time was, was uh, in high school and our vi my vision was, and, I, and we had a big financial setback, big, lost everything. Mm. And, and, and I didn't want to affect her. I wanted to still send her to private high school, private college. Uh, and I worked out this plan. I had five years of, of private education to come up with. And, I, and where I come from in our world, um, uh, uh, kids get married in their 20s. So I wanted to have a really nice wedding. You know, a, a once, we only have one child, so I want to have a once-in-a-lifetime wedding for my wife to put on. And so I added all this money up. It was like $200,000 over a five-year period after taxes. And I wanted to be able to do that with no debt and adding to our retirement savings. And I had a vision of me at the wedding, the traditional taking the bride, giving it to the, to the groom. And literally, I have a picture of that on my computer screen today. I look at it every day that I achieved that vision. And I worked hard every day to achieve that goal that was burned in my brain. I didn't need a board with pictures. I had that picture burned in my brain. <laughs> nice. And that's the best thing, too, because you put it you put it on your screen, which is great because mm -hmm. you look at it every day and you see it. And then you're, it makes you think about, like, hey, I'm nowhere near that yet. I need to get there. I have five years. Here's what I need to do. And you're holding yeah. yourself accountable now because you're, you put it on your board. If you didn't even think about it, you didn't write it down, you didn't put it on your board, then you're not going to, you know, most people don't do it right. If you don't, right. if you don't track it, you don't measure it, what's going to happen? Nothing. Right. Right. So yeah, I have a vision now of replacing, what's my your vision now? With, replacing my current sales income with passive income. We're, I'm at EXP as well, where we get revenue share. And so to be able to, uh, December 31st, 2023, so I have two years and two months to go, to be able to be on a cruise ship that I pay for for me, my family, my daughter, grandkids, maybe one now, maybe two, three. Like I'm the grandfather that buys that trip, takes all the family, and nice. I'm able to do that with my business income still rolling on. So that's my, I have that vision in my head today. Good. I think, yeah, I think most people don't, I don't think most people realize that, hey, you know, like, for example, when you grow up and you go to school and everything, you don't learn about active income versus passive income. How do right. you get your active income to go to passive income and be greater right. than your active income? Like, it's right. not just naturally taught to you. Like, hey, this is what we need to do in life, right? right. So like, even for me, I'm like trying to teach my kids, like, okay, in the future, you got to think about how things come to you, how you earn it, how you grow, how you, how do you build something to get to that point, right? 
And that's a cool thing to think about, like active income versus passive income. And what at that point, financial freedom is when your passive income is greater than your active income. But if you never created it, never set it up, never thought about it, never invested in anything, how would you become that? Where are you going to be just a slave to the corporate world, to the you know active income, right? Right. Exactly. Well, I want to get to where my passive income I can live on, so I don't need any more active income. That's the goal for me, at least. Yeah, exactly. For me too. And I started realizing that as you kept going into like, you know, real estate sales and investing, you start realizing, hey, do you want to be in a job forever until 65, 70 by the time we finish, you know? No. And then, <laughs> no. Yeah, no, right? Like, but that's what they you teach know, you in school. Like, I, hey, get a job, do corporate and get stay there until you retire. That's it. I imagine, you know, at the end of my, of my next five-year plan, so in 2024, I imagine being a trainer, coach, flying in, doing events, meeting people. No, I, I think it'd be fun to do when I want to do it, where I want to do it, who I want to do it with. But I don't want to have to because I'm building a business at that point. I wouldn't be out of that. Exactly. And let's talk about that too. You know, mm. for example, like for this podcast, we're actually talking about the tools you need to improve your productivity, your profitability, mm. and your lifestyle. So, you know, to start off, like really when an agent approaches you in like real estate sales, training and coaching, like what, mm -hmm. do you, what do you help them focus on nowadays to get to really get started, especially as a new agent or even as a senior agent who's not really, you know, becoming a top producer just yet? Well, I really relaunched my business from scratch. So I'm very sensitive to the fact that we oftentimes have to restart. Um, I think the most important thing, my first coach was Zig Ziglar. Nice. And he said, you can have anything you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. So I challenge agents, what do you do better than anybody else in your market? And, I don't and know I nothing, think, for example. Well, <laughs> yeah, and they'll say, well, I'm honest, I'm hardworking. Everybody <laughs> says they're honest. Everybody says they're hardworking. But what's the value that you actually create for a customer? And, and you have to think about that seriously. And I literally came across probate as my niche with the help of Don Hobbs, who's a, a coach at uh, AXP, and he's actually the president of Success Magazine. I had the fortune of watching his presentation. He has a video, The Brand Is You, on YouTube. And I saw it live, and then I asked some questions and had about a half hour coaching. And then I put together a plan. I spent a month researching probate and understanding the business, putting that plan together. But I think I focused on how do I create value for customers? What, what are customers missing? And how can I provide that value? And once you do that, then when people see you creating value, they're drawn to you. The mistake we make in real estate is talk about how great we are. Nobody cares how great you are, how successful you are. And I don't mean to disparage anybody else's marketing. But I think, I think we all know that there are very few people who are successful you know, on social media talking about their success. The real value that I see are the agents who create value for people who want to buy or sell property and then establish themselves as the experts that customers are drawn to that want to want that that value. They want to receive what they've seen in, in real life. And so I really focus on being an expert in probate and sharing my expertise where people go, wow, I don't understand all of that, but you clearly are an expert. Can you help me with my problem? That's really my goal. And that's the I think that should be the goal of all real estate agents is what's your prospects problem and what do you do to solve it for them and why is that so hard for agents to think about it to realize it to you know show it because for example i talk to agents and they you know, they sell real estate great they help people great but like they're not explaining their value like you can tell me but like what are you doing to show me your value how are you showing it to the world how you how are you creating influence how are you providing value in your market if you know the market you analyze the market well are you telling anyone or are you just sitting there helping one by one sell rather than providing massive value i think that there's there are things that you can do that are uh, that are uh, easy but aren't valuable there are things that are valuable but aren't easy mm -hmm. we gravitate to what's easy real estate agents gravitate to training on how to tell the world how good you are. They're not as interested in, but here's how you become a great real estate agent. Here's the things you have to master to be great so that you can tell the world how great you are. And, yeah. and it just amazes me how many real estate agents don't know the basics of contracts, the basics of negotiation, the basic numbers and metrics of their marketplace. If you're selling houses, in, in a, you would be an expert in a certain zip code or area. How many actors, how many pendings, how many sold, average sales price up or down, days of market up or down. You should know those numbers like that. Like I do in probate, how many cases there are, different types of cases, who the attorneys are. That data is really important and it separates the 
the the, the uh, pros from the the part time agents. So I think yeah. a lot of it is we're, we gravitate towards talking about you know uh, uh, sharing our message. We don't spend as much time developing value that that is the source of the message. And in fact, I'll tell you this: I think for real estate agents, for sure, the best social media is not talking about isn't mistake is looking how to get attention. What we should focus on is creating content that's viable to your prospect. They'll find you if you have the real viable content. Exactly. And we talk about that too. And when we tell agents, like really, hey, just provide value. Like you're a new agent, great. Talk about being a new agent. Talk about your market. Talk about why you love a certain city that you live in, a suburb, whatever. Like talk about it. Show me about it. Tell me everything that there is to know. Become the local expert. And then the, uh, I don't want to do that. That's a lot of work. You know, That's a lot like, of work, Bill. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. What That's do you think I do every day? It's amazing. They say that. Well, that's a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. I make a lot of money. I mean, I'm embarrassed to tell some people how much money I make, but I work hard. Now, I'll just say I work hard. You know, basically, I say eight to five. The reality is I start a little early and I work till six because I work out midday. So I basically work an eight hour day, five days a week and half a day on the weekend. Um, so I, I work, but I work during those hours. I don't not work. I don't do personal business during that time. I ask my wife to drop off stuff that needs to be shipped back to Amazon. I don't do it, but it is hard work. And I think if you do it though, consistently over time, you can build a massive business. Yeah. And sometimes when I ask agents about, okay, well, can you tell me about your day? You know, for example, here's, how was your week? Did you time block? Did you track everything? What did you do? You're doing, you're saying you're doing full-time real estate, but like, where's the results? How many appointments did you get? Zero, but did you you make any calls? Zero. Okay. Then what did, what happened? You know? Yeah, I mean, I have I have some partners I, I have accountability with. Like, I, I made a commitment today to talk to ten people, ten attorneys, so I get one as a guest on my on my right. weekly show. And I have a list here on my left hand side. You can't see it, but I have seven names that I've called already. I need to get three more to nice. get an appointment set because you know, and I have to do it now. Do I have to do it? It's like a game. Me and my friend have we hold each other accountable. Um, but but at the end of the day, if I do that and work with that intensity daily, I achieve massive goals. Yeah, massive. Yeah, for example, they said like you know, massive goals equals massive results, right? If you do it, yeah, yeah. massive. Yep, that's, that's a great awesome. way to do it. But then you know, people, it's, it's a challenge. And you know, for like example, when you talk about coaching and talk about sales success, the stories matter. And then the more like people realize that and they listen, and they understand. And when they're ready and their mindset's ready, is really when they start succeeding really quickly. And some agents, new or seasoned, succeed really quickly when they feel that kind of you know urgency, right? Without it, they just time flies by and like, oh, yeah, I was looking at social media all day. I didn't get anything done. There's no results, right? You know, I, I was coaching an agent one day and I, I used to do a daily eight o'clock check-in call for real estate agents. And I like it. I like doing it. I like having agents do it. I still would do it. My only frustration is agents don't show up three or four days a week. Those are the ones who are failing. And it's, yeah. it's heartbreaking for me to watch them fail. There's a saying as an ancient Jewish wisdom that says that more than the calf wants the milk from the mother, the mother wants to give the milk to the calf. And as a coach, mm-hmm. I find I want my students to succeed more than they do. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah. And that's the only, that's why I don't do uh, a coaching company anymore. I do coach my agents and my team. That's because I'm, they're committed. They're, they're, they're committed to me. Fine. I'll commit to you. Yeah. But just because you pay me a thousand dollars a month, most real estate agents will hire a coach pay $500,000 a month and do nothing the coach tells them to do. And I was getting the money and I hated that business because I just didn't like that relationship at all. Yeah. And that's a challenge. Too. I see that too. Like, okay, great. You're paying for the pain, which is great. You're, you're trying to hold yourself accountable. Great. Yeah. And I, I hope most of them are all of them take massive action to make the results happen. But even then, if you listen to the words, it's basically everything that you could find online, everything you could find from your uh, partner agents, your team and, it just you're paying someone to, to tell you the exact same thing, right? You know, because you're willing to pay to listen, and I get that, you know, and that's the tough part about it. What are some tools you guys use to like really increase productivity? Like, are you guys doing time tracking, time blocking? Are you guys using tools to help people achieve their results? Are you tracking the, the goals that they want and the results they want, and what are they getting? Well, are you talking about for me or for the agents that I coach? For, for both, for you and then for the agents you coach. I don't. You know what? I, I line up. I, I get ready to go at 8 o'clock. 
Uh, I usually am at my desk at 7.45. Check, you know, the night before I planned out the day, checked at 7.45 to 8, I'm clearing emails and texts. So I'm all done and ready to go. And I'm on the phones. And from 8 until 12, my job is to talk to as many people as I can about real estate. They either have property to sell or know people who have property they need to sell. And, and this is an example of it. I'll talk to podcasts. I'll talk to colleagues in the business. My job is to talk to people and offer my service to as many as I can on a daily basis. I'm in a position now where I have people call me and I kind of set up appointments rather than me cold calling. I don't cold call anymore for three or four hours a day. I spend most of my time following up on leads and following up with referral sources. But I, I spend every day in the morning just working on business development. That's all I do every single day. And that just drives my business and I don't have to worry about it. For agents who start out, they really need to block out that same time period. And my phone's on do not disturb. There's needs to be as well. All my notifications are turned off. And my job is to talk to as many people as I can. And so for newer agents, I'll have them actually track how many contacts they make on a daily basis. And I've learned if you, I learned where the numbers are for you to start seeing success. And if you don't talk to enough people in this business, you're just not going to make it. And that's a challenge, getting agents to track and talk to people. Like, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. What do you mean you didn't sign up for this? This is what real estate agents do. We call everyone. We talk to everyone. We network. Yeah. We try to see what they need help with, provide yeah. value, yeah. and be there for a resource. Yeah. Wait, I didn't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to door knock. I don't want to call. I don't want to do any social media. I don't want to do any physical. Um, okay, are you in the right business? Well, Just I think that right? when you watch videos for, about targeting real estate agents, They'll say things like, well, if you do a lot of massive marketing, all your you know, calls are inbound. Well, that sounds great, but that means you're answering the phone and you've got to talk to people in a way that they take the next step, whatever the next step is, an appointment to see a property or pre-qualify them to sell their house, whatever. You've got to be on the phone talking to people, And number one. Number two, you've got to talk to a lot of people to find a deal. You've got to kiss a lot of frogs to find a prince. And, you know, there's no shortcut to that process. Uh, today, that's still the case. I talk to a lot of people who talk about selling their house, who never sell their house, or maybe they do three years from now. Well, I email out every week and I video every week and I have my social media and, and I keep in touch with them. So three years from now, some of them call me and I get a list of their house and people say, oh, you're so lucky you've been in the business for a long time. No, I saw those people three years ago when you were off for the day playing around, having a late lunch. I was off at a presentation with a seller. I kept their name and number and email. I've emailed them every week for three years. So it's all about it's, the follow-up. It's all about the follow-up. We say lead gen for show and follow-up for dough. And I really believe that. <laughs> so you mean I don't need to call them one time? They don't pick up? I, I can just go to the next person? I need to call them multiple times throughout oh three God. years? I don't have time for that. Or, or the worst is people, agents will say to me, well, I left them a message and never called me back. Yeah. Right. They're the customer. They don't call you back. Yeah. You're only leaving a message to show them you called. You never expect a customer to call you. Your job is to call the customer. Well, I'm, I'm going to be annoying them. Where did that come they from? Busy? You know, they're busy. I'm, I'm going to annoy them. So, Can you imagine you're traveling and you're going to go cross country and stay at the Marriott in Florida and they leave you a message and if you don't call back, they're going to give your room away? No. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> But what I expected, you know, it's kind of like, it's different. I never thought about, I need to call them 16, 20, 20 times to reach them. That's just a pain. Right. Yeah. Or don't, but you yeah. just, you know, and, and I, look, there's some leads that are worth it. I, there's one I've been calling every day, I think for about a month now, but man, if I can get her on the phone, that is money. It's a great deal. I don't want to go into details of it, but it's a great opportunity for me from a piece of business point of view. So I'll chase that one. That's the one I'll call every day. I've called her. I have my Salesforce every day. I called her, move the next day. Called, move the next day. Other ones I call once. If they don't want to do business with me, I move on. For the most part, I've got to a place in my career now where if you don't return my phone call or email, I'm not going to follow up with you because I have enough people who do want to work with me. That's the privilege of doing a, a, a massive amount of marketing. And I will say I'm a real... Um, active student of Grant Cardone's 10X program. If nice. you talk to enough people, then you don't have to chase them down. But you've got to talk to enough people to do that. You can't just say, I'm a new agent and, and I'm, I'm going to be particular. You've got to really talk to a lot of people to get them reaching into you. And then you can pick and choose who you want to work with. I agree. And I think one thing of value that I want to tell people, the audience is this. 
I'm not here to sell any real estate. I'm here to provide massive value. I'm providing educational experience on real estate sales and real estate property and investing. If you want my help, I'm here to help you. Yeah. If you don't, that's okay. I have yeah. a lot of people I'm here to help. You yeah. know, I'm not looking for the person who's just trying to make a scam, make, make quick money. I'm here to provide massive value and massive investing. And yeah. that's what I provide, a service, right? I'm not yeah. selling anything. You want to work with me? Great. If not, that's okay. I, I closed through two houses in the last 12 months. I've got... Uh... Four pendings. I got another one today. Five pendings. I have eight active uh, listings. You want me to help? Great. If you don't, I got a lot to do. I, I mean, I'd love to help you, mm -hmm. but if you are dumb enough not to use me to sell your house and you use somebody else, good mm -hmm. luck with that. Really, I wish you the best. Exactly, and that's what the thing comes off as. And you know, agents talk about like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm not, I don't want to sell people. I'm like, you're not selling nothing. If you're providing value, you're not selling. You're helping people. Right. And you know, you want a discount agent? Great, go find one over there. It's, it's not me. Right. I'm here to provide massive value and show you real results. And that's what comes with it. And that's just like the mindset thing again. Really showing people what you do and your value you provide. People will see the value you provide right. and understand that. Okay, I'm getting what I pay for, and this is what I, the results I'm gonna kind of work for, right? If you provide the value, that's if you the provide key. the value, I think that's the. I think that's the key insecurity of most realtors, is in their minds they don't provide any special special value. Like when agents will get all panicked because people want to cut their commission. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I I get asked, you know, a, a number of times. People say, "Well, gee, uh, your commission's at six. I, and actually, I actually do larger, uh, most common transactions and up. Yeah, um, at five percent. We'll skip the numbers, but we'll I skip just, the numbers I, part of it. But for example, you, you do transactions and you have commissions. People ask for discounts all the time because someone no. else gets in. You say no. Here's what I do. Here's the value. Here's the differences. Yeah. If you want this? This is great. Yeah. If you want that? Great. You yeah, know? it's true. Zillow will do it cheaper, or whoever will yeah. do it cheaper. Yeah, but they're not as good as me. So mm -hmm. you want me? This is what I charge, and it's fair and competitive. And if not, I'm okay with that. Just yeah. good luck. Yeah, and and exactly. I, Those people. I believe in that. I know my heart. I know how good I am. I know what the average agent does. I see their contracts. I see their listings. I see the transactions. I know what I do and how I provide for my customers. And I know my heart of hearts. So you. So that's the insecurity most agents have is they know they're at, at best average agents. That's the problem. And they have to put the time in to learn the market, learn the process, learn the skills. Negotiating skills important for sure. Communication skills important for sure. So that when people ask to cut the commissions, they believe they're worth more than average because they are, in fact, worth more than average, not just a script. Nice. Exactly. So, you know, diving into like probates, like why probates and like why does that even matter? And like what is a probate for those who don't know? You know, I think I would say first off, uh, my good friend and colleague of RZXP Realty, Tiny English, taught me the probates are when you die, your estate sues you. And spends all the money they can with attorney's fees and legal fees, and the crumbs go to your heirs. And, and that's just a way to think about probate as you want to avoid it at all costs. If you can, if you properly prepare, you have an estate and a plan, you should not need to go to probate. Probate is what happens to an individual's assets when they pass. But if you've set up ahead of time a living trust, then really your assets are in the living trust, and the living trust comes with its own. In case of emergency, here's your instructions and we'll just determine how your assets are spread out without needing court involvement. Now, sometimes living trusts get sued and I understand it's not 100% effective, but 99.9% .9 of the time, if you have a living trust, you avoid probate. Why is that important? Well, just think about, uh, you know, after you pass, have your assets divided up to your family, maybe your kids or whoever. Imagine having the DMV make that decision for you. That's what probate's <laughs> like. Right. But worse. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that, um, you know, it costs a lot of money. Um, a million dollar house, even if it has a $700,000 mortgage, is only worth 300000 equity. Uh, uh, the statutory limits on probate, it can cost as much as $23,000 for attorney's fees plus court costs. Yeah. That's assuming no extra, extraordinary costs. Now, there are probate services that charge less, but many people pick the wrong probate attorney. 95% of cases filed in LA County are with attorneys who've done one case or less in the last 12 months. They don't really know what they're doing. And so they sound like they know what they're doing, but now the customer's assets are stuck in court. They take longer than they should to clear through. There's charging extra fees and stuff because they don't know what they're doing. Um, and then the more time goes on, the more family members start bickering and fighting, and that's where the mess comes into play. So as a business niche, I got involved in that because, again, if I can help solve a customer's problem, 
I create value. That's how I get paid. And so I learned how to dig into the cases and look for opportunities as for investors. I look for opportunities for how to help estates get out of the messes that they're in. I also work with attorneys in helping give their customers better service. Nice. And you talked about this too. Earlier you talked about like you reach out to attorneys, probate attorneys, and you ask them about the business and like you actually get business from attorneys. I mean, I wish I had more. I don't want to overstate it because I think sometimes when I say that sounds like I have just a steady supply of business, but I do get nice referrals from attorneys where they file probate and there's property involved and they want a professional to help them. I have a recent case where the attorney is traveling uh, sometimes in LA, sometimes out of the country. And, um, you know, I was boots on the ground. We drove to the house ahead of time, checked out uh, that it was occupied. Turns out there's squatters there. We went and met who the squatter was, identified who she was, started talking about cash for keys. So we have a plan together to give to the attorney to go back to the client to get the property sold at the best price. So instead of selling it as is to an investor with a squatter for $450, we think with cash for keys of maybe $25,000, we'll be able to sell it for $600 or higher. So that's where I create real value for the estate by doing a little extra work. Uh, And then I have EXP partners who help me, you know, find the you know, the squatters and hold them houses. And we have a whole team that's going to help us get this one done. But the answer is I'm helping an attorney by doing some work that maybe they might be doing, but in this case, we're doing a forum. Nice. And even for, for example, when people buy houses, they don't really think about the next steps of, okay, hey, I need to set up a trust, LLC right. or something, a corporation, right. talk to, I need to talk to a lawyer, um, right. I need to avoid probate. Like It's not naturally taught. And like people don't seek out and say, hey, here, here's right. the next steps you need. As agents, they might say, hey, buy some real estate. But those experienced agents might tell you, hey, but after you buy your real estate, you may want to talk to some attorneys to figure out how you're going to set up your you know, uh, ways to secure your property, such as trust. I think it's a great question if you're a buyer's agent. The biggest problem buyer's agents have is how do I create value and distinguish myself from the other agents or the other services that exist? One is, you know, to ask your client, well, if you did buy, if you buy this property, how are you taking title? And they'll say, well, you know, Joe and Mary is husband and wife. Well, okay, there's, there's various ways you can hold a husband and wife, but have you considered the advantages of living trust since you're buying a property? It becomes more important now. And they often won't know the answer. And our job then is, or the opportunity is to educate them on the value of a living trust. Uh, you can get a basic living trust online for a husband and wife, two parties for 600 bucks. Yep. Now you get a more complicated one for thousands and you can get a proper one for somebody with complicated assets for $10,000 or $50,000. But at least get the basic trust started. So they buy the property, it's not subject to probate and they don't have to redeed the trust in or out. If, once you create the trust, you can always amend it or rewrite it but now, if you and here's the biggest mistake I see all the time. If somebody told me this number was 90%. I don't know if I believe it. They say 90% of trusts that are written are never funded, meaning the customer pays the attorney or service for the trust, but they never put the property in the trust. Mm. And so when they pass, the property is not in the trust, so they don't get the benefit of it. There is a process to, to after death, say, well, we meant to put the trust and never got done, but that costs ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars sometimes to do as well, and it's complicated. So, as an agent, we should be asking that question before they buy the property. And I actually offer my customers, if they don't have one, well, I'd be glad to at closing reimburse you for six hundred dollars for a basic trust, or I'll pay six hundred dollars towards your attorney's legal fees because I really believe you should have it, and we should get it before we close so that you're buying the property with insured deed in your family trust. Nice. That's good. It's really important too. And I think uh, one question I saw a new agent post in a, like a Facebook group was that, Hey, you know, I wish we had more training and I, I get it and I understand it. And it's tough because real estate can, can be so complicated. It can be simple. It can be complicated, but there's so much to teach in all different aspects. It's there, but you know, as an industry, yeah, we do need to educate the newer agents even more and, you know, show them how to provide value such as this and such as creating your own um, vendor team. So that way, you know, for example, I have contractors, painters, uh, lenders, insurance agents, trust lawyers, everything you need to talk to you. So you have the right team to set up your financial future, which is one of the biggest assets, real estate, right? 
Well, yeah. look, you and I, as colleagues of the XP, know there is more training than any agent will ever need available if they take the initiative. I, I host a probate group within the XP. We have about 900 members nationally. And I do my best to teach every week the importance of these matters, in particular getting a living trust. So those things are there. The information is there. I would just say to agents, be teachable, be coachable. Realize your value that you create is based on your knowledge of the market and the tools and the systems and, and be willing to put the extra work in. Now, I also say take those classes after hours. Nine to five is money time. The time to watch training classes and videos is five o'clock while you're you know, waiting for dinner or at night instead of watching a ball game. I watch YouTubes and learn all the time about different things. That's where I, That's my education time is in, in the evenings. Yeah, and I know that's for some people it's tough because they're like, well, I want the money. I want to make money now. Great. And then I want to learn everything now. I'm like, great. It took me 14 years to learn everything now to say no. And you <laughs> exactly. want to do it. You want to do it one day. I cannot teach you one day everything you want to know in one day. There's doesn't no, it's impossible, you know? I've been in business 36 years and I learn stuff every day. And I think that's I think that's my advantage. I think one of my strengths, most people my age think because you're older, you can't learn these things. Nonsense. Mm -hmm. so I, I, I recognize today we're on this technology uh, stream yard. I use a competing product, Restream, but I'm looking at your product saying, oh, this this is better on, than what I have. Oh, this isn't as good as what I have on this feature. And, you know, we're, I'm constantly learning how to do my job better. Um, and I think if you're in real estate or if you're an entrepreneur, it's a critical uh, thing is learning, learning. In fact, I just was watching a YouTube by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. The one thing he said is if you're going to go into real estate investing as an investor, you, you have to go in as a student and start learning. And you're going to learn for the rest of your time in real estate. And he said he's still learning. He's written whatever it's 20, 30 books and he has a podcast and all that. The key to being successful in real estate investing, he said, is being a student for life. You're right. Exactly. Like I'm always, you know, um, learning constantly on every single thing out there and having these podcasts is great because you're learning from different people, their expertise and what they do. And then at the same time, you're, you're giving massive value to your audience uh, in regards to it. Right. So like probates, for example, trust, talk about talking to lawyers about asset protection plans, talking to insurance agents and policies. And the more you do and the, you learn, you really become more productive about it and you become more profitable because you're providing more value. You're helping the, your client tell really understand that you know you spend a lot of time and years and knowledge to to help them guide them through this massive you know financial uh purchase for yep. sale right yep 100 so you know for going back to the agent productivity how do you help an agent become more productive you talked about the value you talked about you know like where are some of the tools they need to use or how do they get better at it how do they start tracking more and doing more deals well, again, I try to start with the fundamentals. Um, I think that that's my strength. And, I, and agents will spend a lot of time trying to learn the, you know, some new uh, bell and whistle. And, um, and, and, that sound, and that's interesting and that's exciting. And I appreciate that. But if you're going to work with me, you, I, I come from the old school. I come from, you know, when Vince Lombardi would get on the floor, on the ground and watch when the center hiked the ball, the quarterback was the ball in the perfect position. Uh, my father was a lily coach. There was a right way to do everything in baseball. There's a right way to write a contract in real estate. And if you don't believe that, I don't think your standards are going to be high enough to be successful. So to, where do I start agents at? I say there's two things you have to work on every day. Work on your skills and learning the business. So in the MLS, it's mastering the data, mastering uh, the statistics, mastering the comparable sales of the property that you're looking at, mastering how to find the properties that your customers are looking for and create those searches for both the customer and for you. And, and the documents, learning the contracts, learning how what the words mean and learning how to effectively prepare contracts for your customers to sign quickly. And then on the marketing side, I tell people, this business is forever about contacting people that you know, like, and trust. You have to have a database. It could be a piece of paper. It could be an Excel spreadsheet. It could be Google Contacts. It could be KV Core for those of us at EXP. But you have to have everybody's name, address, phone number, and email that you know forever in that list. And you have to send something to them every week. You have to have social media posting all the time, probably postcards to people on a regular basis as part of it as well. So you have to contact. And that's your fundamental marketing program is contacting people regularly. And then you just do that forever while you learn and improve your business. So those are the two fundamentals I work on with agents every day. And what's the challenge for that too? Like, you, you know, we talk about that and how do you, how is their reaction to that? 
I'll be honest with you. I don't like care. I, if you want me to help you make a lot of money, I'm glad to help you. If you want me to make you feel okay while you fail, I'm the wrong guy. I've seen way too many people fail. I know what it looks like. I've had people quit real estate. When I called them afterwards, I, I would ask them questions like, how much is your cable bill a month? Well, it's $140. They couldn't afford the MLS dues, but they could afford a cable bill for 140 bucks. I don't have cable to this day. I just don't want it in my house. Yeah, I have internet. I have two internets. I have two uh, uh, um, fiber uh, connections in my house because I use that for my business. But you have to be committed to business. I can't coach desire. I can't coach uh, the commitment to be successful. So to answer your question, I really don't. If you'd like me to help you, I tell anybody, call me, text me, email me. I'd be glad to send you uh, a link for a 15-minute consult for free. Glad to help you. But but I can't make you do what you're supposed to do if you want to do it or you don't. And if you do... <laughs> Great, I'll see you down the road. And if you don't, you might as well get a job flipping burgers at McDonald's because this business is miserable if you don't put the time in. Exactly, and I, I really see that too. Like when I talk to a lot of our agents, it's like, for example, some of my newer agents are crushing it. They're actually killing it. For example, one of my agents, he's been in business about six months now. He already has 12 in contract. That's fantastic. And that's all through just telling him exactly what to do. He goes, hey, guess what? I'm, I'm smart. I'm coachable. I'll do whatever you tell me. Just I'm new. Just tell me what to do. And I'll do it. And he, he just did that. And he got 12 in contract. He goes, wow, I cannot believe how this works and how busy I am. I didn't believe you. And it's right. really working. And I'm just going to start doing that more and more. I'm like, great. And then I have others. I tell them the exact same thing. Uh, I don't want to do any of that. I'm like, great. Your sales for six months has been zero. What do you want to do? You know? You know, I have a weekly call with my uh, team on Mondays where we talk about our marketing or social media platform. And I have one agent who brought came on brand new six months ago. She's closed three, two listings sold, closed, one pending, closing this week. So she had three listings sold and closed in her first six months. Nice. All she did was the marketing laid out for her to do. So she's on the call with a couple others and they're arguing why they don't want to, why they can't. And I'll say, take a look here. Patricia did exactly what I told you six months ago. She's got three deals closed. You're arguing with me. You don't have any closed. Yeah. You do the math and figure it out. Uh, and, and I don't care to argue with people. I just feel like either, you know, it's it's like Ripley's believe it or not. You can believe me or not. I'm fine. I'm not selling you coaching. Mm -hmm. I'd like to help you. But if you don't want to listen to what I have to say, I, I'm not invested in being right. I'm just invested in telling you the truth. And if you like it, great. And if you don't, good luck. I, I'm okay with you being successful some other way. But yeah. I don't see that. Exactly. And I look at it too, like, cause my mentality is that I always grew up being coached as in tech. I went to, I did 15 years of tech and I was mentored all my life in tech side. And I got to a good point where I'm like, okay, well, time to give back. In real estate, I started coaching a lot of agents and showing them the, how to quadruple the business and go to, you know, um, 30, 40, $50 million. And they do it because they're motive, self-motivated. They're willing, they're able, they're willing to learn, they're willing to fail. So I see that point of it. And then I get frustrated too when I see the other agents we try to push them, help them. You know they have the potential, but their mindset's blocking them. Their fear of failure is blocking them. The fear of being online is blocking them. Like, how do I get you to break through these? And some of them you can't and they get frustrated and they, they quit. I'm like, you know, you really have good potential. It's just up to you when you're ready. When you're ready, you'll make it happen. You know? Right, I agree with you. Yeah, and the tech side of it too, like what certain tech do you recommend for people? Like, you know, we talked about social media, we talked about videos, talked about mm -hmm. content value, but is there anything specific that they should be using? And Or even, I guess I, I would say, as long as you use a CRM, even if it's a piece of paper and you're doing it, yeah. as long as you're consist being consistent, but anything special that you said helps? I mean, I, I, I use a lot of different tools, but I think that it's about how you use the tools. I mean, I use KV Core for some things. I also have Salesforce for my for my probate business because I run it a certain way. And I got invested in it before I joined DXP. I now use MailChimp to do my email. Um, is there any magic in any of those? No, that's just how I set it up. But I work them. I work those programs uh, pretty hard to the maximum. I use Todoist to track all my to-dos as far as my daily activities. Uh, I'm a real big David Allen getting things done um, uh, fan. And so, uh, you know, I live at Inbox Zero. I really plan out my day, plan out my week, plan out my month and quarter. Um, and I really work on quarterly goals. I'm very focused, uh, try to keep my, my focus on 90 days at a time rather than getting too far ahead. So I don't get discouraged and give up, but I can reset each quarter if I, if I fall short. Um, so as far as technology, um, I don't think there's anything special I mean, I think Google Voice is essential for real estate agents. Being able to text from your desktop is so important uh, and tracking all that. 
um, and integrating it into your whole you know, marketing and, and your whole operation. Um, I mean, I use a lot of technology. I'm not sure which one I would say stands out, but I don't think it's any one program. I just think it's, I, I'm anxious to leverage my time with technology or people that can help me do things more effectively. Okay. And I'll give, I'll give an opposite standpoint. And, you know, I've been doing tech all my life. I'll say this. The tech side of it really doesn't matter. If you are not into it, you don't want to learn it. It doesn't matter. What really matters is just building massive amount of connections, networking, yeah. whether it's through your cell phone, calling everyone, going to meet yeah. them in person, keeping yeah. track of it somehow is the best way. If, if you need a notepad, great. A sticky pad, don't try to use a notepad, use something. Use, you know, The more, the better you can keep track of it, the more efficient you can keep track of it, and the more yeah. you're willing to adapt to use a you know, program like a project management program or something simple like notes, for example, and just keeping track. But as you get better in scale, yeah. you do need to learn how to use real CRMs, how to use real project management tools to keep track of your business and grow it. Otherwise, you're going to have a really tough time, but you can be great. You can be top producing. I know some top producing older agents who sell all they use is a notebook. I'm like, and they sell a lot of millions of dollars of real estate. I'm like, perfect. That's all you need because you know your personality. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Embrace that. Uh, hire for your weaknesses and, you know, work on your strengths. You know, I, I agree. I think that agents are too um, quick to learn technology. Mm -hmm. Technology should, should automate a process you're already doing. A technology should not be a new process that you've never done before. You don't know if you need it. So why are you delegating it to something? You're just now automating a process that's, that's not needed. For example, I know people have spent a lot of time creating very complicated campaigns. Mm -hmm. I just email to everybody in my database every single week. Uh, anybody I've met, like, trust, met in person, they're my COI. I send them weekly email out. I do a video, attach the video. I post the video everywhere I can. I try to reach everybody that I know with that message every week. I don't have individual campaigns for buyers and sellers. Now, occasionally I get a property and I go through my database and call individual people. Um, I also have a separate marketing campaign for attorneys because that's a little different niche. But, but I just think you're better off send the same thing to everybody, but send something weekly to everybody. You can, over time, develop a more complicated process, but at least do that. Once you do that, then you can start to get more sophisticated, but you can't get sophisticated until you've mastered the basic. I agree. And I tell, uh, talk to Adrian and tell him to say, you know, something done is better than being perfect. You're, if you're yes. focusing on perfect, you're never going to yes. get it done. And yeah, I yes. get it. Like, oh, well, I don't want to send out a bad message. I don't want to send to the wrong people. Like, well, you're not sending anything, so it doesn't even matter, you know? Exactly. Right? You know, exactly. it's better to send something. And you'll even get feedback, too. Sometimes you might send the wrong thing. It's okay because you'll exactly. get feedback, and then you contact them and have a, have a great conversation, make a joke out of it, whatever it may be, right? Exactly. I'm like, you know, I had one agent before that sent a campaign out to the a whole wrong group, but then she got so many responses. She loved it. She's like, wow, I exactly. know I would get this many great responses. And she had so many great conversations, and she got business from it. I'm like, you wouldn't have known if you didn't do it. It's just the point of contact. They haven't talked to you for so long, right? Yep. <laughs> That's the fun part of it. Okay. Um, so, you know, in coaching, like what other things do you see that agents and how do you help them overcome it? Like we talked about systems, we talked about uh, CRMs, contacting people, but like what humps are you helping them break through to become, you know, financially stable or to actually get comfortable in the business? You know, I think that my goal for people I work with is for them to have a consistent schedule that they work on and, and they know they're going to work on every day and every week. And if you have certain you know, pillars in that schedule keep you on track, people resist that. They don't want to have a, a – even for me, it's still I, – I do two weekly calls I host. That's not true. I do three now. But that weekly host my calendar. And if I'm going to miss, I have to figure out do I cancel it? Do I find a substitute? But it forced me to show up and be in those places on a regular basis. I think with agents as well, they need you know to have – you know, certain prospecting events they go to regularly and commit to them. It's hard to go to the same meeting every week, but that's where the value is, uh, is when people see you over time develop a relationship with you. And that's, and that's true online. That's true with your own team. I, I'm on our California broker call every Friday morning uh, with uh, one of our California brokers because I need a relationship with the broker. I have so many questions that come up and challenges that I want to have that relationship uh, with the company. And so um, having that consistency and holding yourself to that standard uh, is really important. I just can't believe how many real estate agents I call 
and it's like 9 30 10 o'clock and they're not out of bed or they're they're just starting to have breakfast like what the heck did, <laughs> did when business day started hours ago what are you doing yeah so that's kind I of think- my take on and I think that comes back down to this too. Like, you know, in corporate world, you have a structure. You go to work at a certain time, you're there, you're, yes. you leave at a certain time, you get certain things done, you have goals, yes. you have projects, you manage it. But in yes. real estate, you're on your own. And even if you're in a company, you're technically on your own. But at the same time, you have to embrace the, the, the kind of startup corporate structure and kind of combine them together and really embrace the challenges and really focus on like, here's the daily goals. Here's things my mentor told me, my coach told me, my agents told me that they do. Like you talked about how you call from like eight to 12. Most people don't even call for 30 minutes. You're calling for right. four hours, and that's right. no wonder you're super successful because you're calling how many times more than they are, and you're creating really more that many more relationships per day that pick up, you know? Well, let me be honest. I mean, like, uh, uh, clarify. Like, for example, you and I are talking mm-hmm. from 11 to 12. That counts yeah. as part of the four hours. So if I can have people call me, that's the goal. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, I'm not looking to cold call for four hours. I'm returning people's phone calls or on appointment calls, and I try to block them all in the morning for the business development side. But yeah, that's the business. You know, mm-hmm. every day, every day I'm the hungry lion that wakes up in the jungle saying, where am I going to find a uh, antelope to eat or else I'm going to be hungry. And I'm out looking for the antelope, which, which for me is somebody has to sell a house. I look for that every single morning when I show up. If I don't get a listing lead by noon, I'm pissed. Now what do I do? Now I'm hungry and I don't have an antelope to eat. I got to go find one in my follow-up somewhere. So that's what, that's the business that we're in. And I think that's just comes to the realization again, the mindset again, because even some agents say that, hey, I don't have anyone to call today or this week. Where I don't how could that be? I'm the like, 7 billion people in the world. Just how could that be? I don't understand. You went to high school, you went to college, you worked at a company. There's people there. You know, you get your hair cut, you get your nails done. There's people they don't know there. Me. They don't know me. I haven't talked to them for years. Why would they pick up my call? I'm like, that's not the point. That's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't call a stranger and start a conversation, you know, I was, on the, I was talking to a vendor that would have a guest on my call and he's like, well, I don't know. I mean, you send me questions ahead of time. And I said, I don't, you know, I, all day long, I call strangers and, and again, a conversation with the goal of developing a relationship with them. I don't need that. And you don't need that either. Trust me. I can get you involved in a conversation that you'll find interesting. That's what I do every day. And that's what we do as realtors. Our job is to go out and make relationships with people. And if they don't like you, then don't pursue it. But we're looking for people that we like and they like us and they know us and we know them and we want to do business with them. But the way we do that is by having a relationship first, then the business follows. I agree. And I think that's the biggest thing people need to realize. Like, it's already, you know, it's already October 2021. We've been stuck at home for a year and a half or so, right? You know, really, what are you doing in real estate to help people? What's your goal for 2022? What can we do to help you grow your business? What's, you know, how are you going to help your family? Every day you come home, are you, did you win the day or did you not? Do you want to tell your kids you didn't win the day? You know, that's really painful, right? I love talking to my dad. You know, my daughter comes over and my grandson and uh, did daddy have a good day today? You know, and I went to tell him, yes. You know, last night I was frustrated. I have a uh, a deal that we try to get into escrow and we were like inches away and we got it signed this morning. So I leave last night frustrated. And what do I have to do today? I'm on my phone calls in the morning. I'm emailing people before eight o'clock. Oh, and I got the contract signed. Oh, okay, good. I'm happy now. So <laughs> nice. See, you work hard and then, with the harder you work, the more luck you'll get as well, right? Exactly. Because you put a lot of effort into it. And then yeah. you're telling your kids, for example, you won the day and you show them how life is and the, you, how all, even for us in real estate, your kids get to see the failures we go through, all the challenges and failures and frustrations we go through. But they also see how we win the day, how we yes. see, how we pursue and persuade and help people, right? Oh, I have one more piece as I was watching a YouTube of Kyle Whistle, mm-hmm. one of the top producers of the XP. And he talked about, I forget the title of the talk, but basically part of it was how to get your offers accepted. Now, I'm not a buyer's agent. I'm a listing agent. But I find him fascinating, and he's, a, he's obviously very successful. And he talked about a few things that buyer's agents need to do. And I looked, I listened to him, and I put that effort into I have an investor offering on a probate. And it's a little different. In my case, it's not a first-time buyer out showing properties to. But there were certain principles that applied. And I really worked the listing agent over as far as a relationship. And gee, my offer got accepted. Okay, uh, maybe it's a coincidence, but I would like to believe that the the time I spent learning to be better at my craft, even one that I don't do very often, is the difference in this transaction. And by the way, my client's thrilled that he got the house and he'll list it when he flips it with me a year from now. And it's one more deal towards my goal. So I'm, I'm happy to do it. 
Nice. Congrats. I'm glad you're, yeah, it's always good to learn from others too and like see the differences and the values. Yeah. Yeah, Especially who wouldn't want to learn how to win, how to win over uh, listing agents as a buyer's agent, right? How to provide value, how to show your clients different from other agents. Yeah. Uh, You know how many people probably didn't watch that video? I don't know, but it was, it was gold. It was a Facebook live that you recorded it and it was gold. I mean, Kyle Whistle is just a genius, but Mm -hmm. it was all basic fundamentals. There was nothing he said that I hadn't heard before. There was nothing he said that I didn't know. But he put it together in a way that spoke to me, and, and it caused me the next day to call that buyer's agent or the listing agent to package my email differently, to really make the extra effort. Uh, and, it's the, and I always feel like it's the extra phone call that makes the difference. I agree. And I think one thing, too, is like the really the, everything you want to do is online. Like you want to become a millionaire. It's online. You just got to do it. You got to figure it out. You got to consolidate the information. But there is people teaching everything out there. Right. How did you for free Bitcoin? for free? How to do anything? How that was just a YouTube. It wasn't. You know, we have yeah. all kinds of training behind our paywall and coaching companies. You can pay. That was just a YouTube of, of Kyle Whistle. It wasn't even a packaged thing or anything. It was crazy. Exactly. And there's a lot of free information out there that's really gold, yes. but people don't take the time to listen to it and they yes. rather pay for the same exact thing. And yes. you know, that's a challenge. I'll but, give you one last example on that topic is people ask me all the time, where do I go to learn about probate real estate? And the best yeah. resource I started with is alltheleads.com, A-L-L-T-H-E-L-E-A-D-S.com. They sell data, they have a marketing program, but most, and they have a coaching program, which is great. That's where I started. Uh, three years ago. I highly recommend it. But most importantly, they have a free YouTube every week, a a mastermind call that's on YouTube and a free role play once a month that's on YouTube. I tell people they give away more training for free than anybody charges. Watch their free stuff till you're sick of it, then pay for things. Um, And I know a bunch of people who, because of me, have signed up for the coaching and the marketing and the data, which is great. But there's a lot for free. Take advantage of that. I love free. Nice. Yeah. Free is really valuable. You got to take the time to learn it. There's so much you can learn on YouTube yeah. videos alone. And really just putting your effort into treating this like a business and having the educational yes. piece as a part of it yes. and watching these videos make sense to hone your craft, right? Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on our show, Bill. I'm really glad to have you here in that, you know, how do people reach out to you to learn more about probate, learn more about sales, learn more about coaching? Sure. I host um, probateweekly.com every Thursday at 4 p.m. Just go to probateweekly.com and register if you're interested. And then I'm on social media, Bill Gross EXP. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, Bill Gross EXP. And all my calls on Probate Weekly are there. And I do a real estate investing Zoom as well uh, on YouTube. So Bill Gross EXP is my social media and uh, Probate Weekly is my main program. Cool. Thank you so much. Uh, For everyone out there, be sure to check out our shows, um, The Truth About Real Estate, on Apple and everywhere else. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Have a great day.